All right, so we are back for another episode of Working Cinema. Um, I just noticed on the recording device that the battery level's low, so everybody's talking <laughs> really fast. It's going to be the world's shortest episode. Um, yeah, I don't know how to address that. But we have, have, a, we have a, or as always, I have my dedicated co-host here, Brooks. How you doing, Brooks? What's up, Ryan? I'm doing well. Awesome. Glad to hear. Trying to keep that energy level high for this recording, you know? Absolutely. Um, this is episode 29. In episode 29, we were joined by a uh, dear guest, close friend, often talked about on the podcast in a positive way, <laughs> in a very positive way, yeah. and that is uh, Mr. Lewis. How you doing, Lewis? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So today's podcast, we're going to talk about a movie that is, um, I don't, I don't, I guess you know how they they used to have these Navy commercials, and it'd be like show these guys jumping out of planes and like snorkeling and machine gun and stuff, and they'd be like, "When's the last time?" That was like a Navy ad, and it was like, "When's the last time somebody made a movie about your life?" And then like you know, Top Gun and like all these like Navy SEAL movies. Ooh, Navy SEALs. Um. And I can answer, like, the, they made a movie about what I did for a living in 1994, and the movie is Clerks by Kevin Smith, and that's <laughs> what we're going to talk about today, and why that movie is uh, so near and dear to my heart, and hopefully you guys liked it. Um, I can't imagine that you didn't, but yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today, is Kevin Smith's first feature film, uh, 1994 comedy, black and white comedy, Clerks. So I guess, start with you, Brooks, like... Did you like the movie Clerks? Do you like Kevin Smith as a director? Do you like his other movies? Which one of his movies is your favorite? Why do you like it? <laughs> That's a lot all at once. Yeah. Um, yes, I like Clerks. Uh, and yes, I like Kevin Smith as a director. Uh, I haven't seen all of his movies. I haven't seen his most recent movies. Sure. Like Tusk and Red State. But... I definitely saw his movies that came out in the 90s and mm-hmm. the early 2000s. And my favorite would have to be Mallrats. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Clerks. I remember seeing it when I was a teenager. Yeah. And it definitely, uh, it definitely made an impact. Cool. So, Lewis, what about you? Do you like the movie Clerks? Do you like Kevin Smith's movies? When's the first time you remember seeing Clerks? That kind of stuff. So uh, I, I do like Clerks a lot. Um, I like Kevin Smith's movies for the most part. Uh, his more recent ones, I'm just not like they're not made for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like Yoga Hosers and um, Red State was okay, but I didn't like Tusk very much. Um, but I would say my favorite movie is also Mallrats, and I think it was the <laughs> it was the the first Mine's Kevin Smith movie I saw. Because uh, as a kid growing up, like I read a ton of comics, and uh, I remember the advertising campaign. It was on the back of like every single comic book, like for about six months, and uh, and so I remember every time I pick up an issue, like seeing like the advertisement for it, and and wanting to like see that movie. So um, when it finally hit video, I was able to rent it, watch it. Probably too young, but um, uh, loved it. And then after that, ended up watching uh, Clerks. Uh, a few years later. So I probably saw Clerks when I was like high school age. Gotcha. Um, but, but no, I, I love the movie. Yeah. It's interesting that you guys, you know, like Mallrats is your favorite Kevin Smith movie. Cause it's definitely my favorite Kevin Smith movie. In fact, Mallrats is my favorite comedy. So I think Blues Brothers is up there. Blues Brothers has a lot of like really sentimental like reasons. It's, 
my friend Keith's favorite movie, and it's my son, Eli. For the longest time, it was like his favorite movie um, when he was growing up. So I really like Blues Brothers. There's a lot of great quotable lines from Blues Brothers. But my personal favorite comedy is Mallrats because um, in some ways, much like Clerks, it like just really spoke to me Like in a certain time in my life when that movie came out. I was kind of in that same, like, you know, I'm, I'm older than you guys, so I was kind of in that same, like, <clears throat> part of my life as those guys in those movies are, like in Clerks and Mallrats, you know. And um, I just thought it was like, wow, this is a movie, like, that's very similar to like how my, me and my friends talk. They work, you know, crummy jobs like me and my friends were working. And so like um, those movies just like really like spoke to me. Um, and I, I think Mallrats is great. But Mallrats, you know, it's a pretty reviled movie. Like it came out and did like made, you know, no money. And like it was considered a at the time a pretty big flop, right? Because he had made yeah. – Kevin Smith had made Clerks – by selling parts of his comic book collection and maxing out credit cards, the total budget of the film was $27,000. And it made, you know, $3 million or something. It had this huge return, percentage-wise, anyway. And so with Mallrats, the studio, he had, like, a major backing. You know, he wasn't doing it himself, right? He had a major studio behind him. And, like, he had, a, like, a budget. And, like, he had the ability to cast, like, you know, real actors, not his friends and people that he like worked with, but like real actors like Shannon Doherty from a hit TV show. And, you know, so, um, there was like high expectations for that movie and it did like nothing at the box office. And, um, I think that it's hard for me to figure out sort of why that is. I think because his later movies had really, you know, commercial success like Dogma and Jay and Silent Bob. There was a period in time where his movies were very popular. Yeah. Um, that's obviously waned, right, in his later works. But there was a moment in time where, like, you know, his movies were making a lot of money. So it's a little odd to me, like, why Mallrats wasn't more, like, popular com- like or more commercially successful. Um, well, I think between, between the time that Mallrats came out and, and like, Dogma came out, there was enough time for like that cult following to build up because, gotcha. um, I mean, I would think, and you might know more about this, but I would think like Mallrats probably, if if anything, benefited from like the video rental stores um, because I'm sure it was like uh, Mallrats and Clerks were like a favorite of like video store clerks as I know they were mm-hmm. of the the people that <laughs> in this room, um, but at, at the same time, like I feel like by the time Dogma was coming out. Uh, it had, you know, at that point, movie stars in it. it had Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, who yeah. were famous for other movies. So I think that helped. It had Selma Hayek in it, Chris Rock. So he had like star power, but at the same time, he had a time, he had a chance to start building up like that cult following the fans as well. So it's almost like the video store success of Mallrats and Clerks, the video rental success of Mallrats and Clerks, led to greater box office success of his like later works because so many people who didn't see Mallrats in the movie theater ended up watching it and liking it on like home video. And then they went and sought out his like later pictures essentially. Yeah. I mean, I think we're, I think we're starting to see that with like Netflix now, like movies that would have only had like a a direct to video um, showing, like would never have hit the theaters only would go to direct to video. Now are seeing like success and like a direct to Netflix release. Um, I know Netflix has like big releases, but they also have a lot of, kind of B-movie releases, too, that still have an audience. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, it's interesting because, like, Netflix, you know, there's a certain 
type of movie that would come direct to video. So when you worked at the video store, <laughs> you know, there's movies that went to the movie theater and there's movies that went to direct to video. Yeah. And if someone's a direct to video, it didn't mean it was bad. Like think of like Suicide Kings or some of these movies that were like, you know, these like hidden gems. I mean, a lot of ways Boondock Saints was kind of like that. It was yeah. like, I'm sure it had a theatrical release, but it, it really found its legs on like home video. Um, you know, you could say the same thing about Terminator. Like Terminator became Terminator 2 exists because Terminator found its huge audience like on home video, you know? So there, I think there's with Netflix, with the death of the video store, which I'm sure we'll talk about more and the rise of like Netflix and other streaming services. It's like, it's hard sometimes to know which ones are the ones that like are the movie theater movies and which ones are like the direct to video level movies. I mean, I kind of know because I try to keep up with like what the new releases are and I, yeah, the main thing I do for fun in my life is watch movie trailers. So I kind of know like <laughs> what are the, you know, what movies are put out by what studio, et cetera. But this average person that goes on Netflix, they're not going to know. And in some ways that's almost um like changing because you have movies like old guard and some of these, especially yeah. in the COVID time, like some of these movies that went directly to Netflix or HBO max or Apple or whatever, those are movies that normally probably would have went to the movie theater, you know? And so it's really becoming like blurred in terms of like what um, is a direct to video release versus like a, a new release. Um, and it's also strange, like, you know, just to go off on a tangent and talk about Netflix for a second. It's also strange that that trending thing, you guys ever noticed like the trending, trending on Netflix, some stuff on there is like, wait, why is this <laughs> 20 <laughs> years old? Yeah. Yeah. Terrible movie from 20 years ago. <laughs> like why, yeah. who's watching this all of a sudden? Yeah. Like how is that real? Is that, is that is that some algorithm? Is that like <laughs> yeah no like I saw a movie pop up there the other day and and just from looking at the cover I was thinking like okay this this looks like it could be interesting like and then I watched the trailer for it and it's like a 2001 Renee Zellweger movie <laughs> <laughs> 21 years old yeah I, I don't know that thing is weird but I don't want to get off too much on a tangent and we'll try to circle back to Clerks but so yeah Clerks um. For me, the reason why I like Clerks so much and why I want to talk about Clerks and why I think it's an important movie um, is because it is the result of, uh, you know, it was part of this like wave of like movie makers that were doing things like themselves without like any type of industry support or studio support, any type of film school support. So right at the same time that Clerks is, you know, happening, um, you have like Quentin Tarantino, like, you know, taking money he made from selling scripts to make Reservoir Dogs himself. You have Robert Rodriguez, you know, take money from PPD Farmco studies, <laughs> like human guinea pig stuff to make, um, El Mariachi himself. And these movies became like really hugely important, like hugely successful movies. And I think that that wave of video store auteurs were people that, you know, grew up, what, going to video store and then working in video stores and just getting this entirely deep breadth of knowledge about films that they then themselves started to make movies. That is, like, I think, a pretty important like shift in like American cinema because before that, the only way you got to go and see like Seven Samurai or Ran or whatever before video stores, if you were going to USC film school, you'd have to like go check out the actual film, right? And so like you didn't have the ability to see all these films. Whereas these guys grew up working at video stores and going to video stores. They could like really learn from all these masters at their own pace and like really like 
gain all that knowledge that's what they've then used to like go make movies. So you got a guy like Kevin Smith working at the video store, you know, watching, you know, stripes and watching all these like, you know, old comedy movies, Caddyshack and all these comedy movies and like saying like, Oh, I can do that. Like I'm gonna I can do that and like, you know, doing it. And I think that's pretty impressive um in terms of like, you know, DIY, like do it yourself. You know, I mean the guy like made a career off a movie about working in a convenience store when he was himself, in <laughs> fact, working in a convenience <laughs> yeah. store. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it was after he saw Slacker mm-hmm. that he said, oh, I could do this. Yeah. Um, so which I've never seen Slacker. Yeah. But from what I gather, it's also a really low budget movie about nothing. And it's all <sighs> just like dialogue. Yeah, that's another guy. So Richard Linklater, he was... From my understanding, I could be wrong, um, but he was like a jock. He was he grew up in Texas, and it's like he was like the you know the guys in Days and Confused. He was like Matthew the, McConaughey. Well, he was like the jock one. I don't want to say he was like a fleck, but he was like you know like he was like and like he just became addicted to like film and like just was became obsessed with film. And yeah, I decided like I'm gonna make a movie. And Slacker is literally like there's no narrative. It's super experimental in that it's just like. It just meanders through Austin. It just wanders through town, like talking to different people. And um, yeah, and that, yeah, Kevin Smith saw that movie and was like, oh, I can make a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I can make a movie. <laughs> like anybody can make a movie. And so he like, yeah, maxed his credit cards out and made Clerks. But I think why Clerks is like so important, A, it's super funny. And then B, it's like it captures a moment of time uh, that's like capturing a moment of time in my life. Because essentially, you know, I was working at the Via store like not too long, you know, after that movie came out, I started working in the video store in 1995 and I was almost like living that, you know, that same experience, you know what I mean? And so, um, I, when I watch clerks or when I watch mall rats, but especially clerks, it's almost like, here's a movie about a guy, he goes to work and his friends come in and they just talk about random stuff all day, like star Wars and stuff. And like, that's essentially what I did for like a decade of my life. Yeah. And so I think that um, it, it makes it an important like movie to me. But what do you guys think about it? Yeah, I mean, the, I think one of the things that's really appealing about the movie, especially to the younger generation, um, is that it is super relatable because regardless of what kind of job you have at that age – you're mostly standing around talking to like your friends about whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you're like working in a restaurant, I guess, but like I worked at a movie theater and it was the same thing, you know, we literally had hours of standing around talking about movies since we're in the movie theater, but yeah, uh, just talking about anything. So yeah, clerks is definitely relatable and very, uh, there's definitely a, a sense of like realism there that is, is really appealing. And, and I guess if you were working in a in a restaurant, then you could watch Waiting, which yeah. is like, from what I understand, is exactly what it's like to work in a restaurant. It's like insane what? customers and like. Well, I would right, say yeah. like Waiting doesn't get made if Clerks doesn't get made, you know, because exactly. it's it, not to say it's like the same formula, but it's it's very similar in like trying to have some ridiculous situations, but at the same time, very like realistic dialogue. And mm-hmm. kind of uh, give like a realistic feeling to how how it is. And again, it's it's pretty ridiculous. But having like worked in food service, worked in restaurants, like it's really not far from the truth. Like 
Uh, there's certainly a lot of like hyperbole in like the characters and the way they act. But, um, I mean, the same thing with like clerks though, there's like some ridiculous situations, um, that, you know, create a lot of humor, but at the end of it, like, it's like very realistic in the way that they're having conversations, the way they're talking, um, and like what they're talking about. So, yeah, I think that, I think that, um, you you hit the nail on the head on something that I I definitely wanted to bring up in that. There's some parts in Clerks that are, like, really silly, right? Like, that are, like, they're amusing setups, but, like, it's never going to happen. I.e. the guidance counselor looking at the eggs and breaking the eggs, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. that's just a weird, like, thing. Or the um, Chuli's gum representative coming in and, like, <laughs> causing a riot over cigarettes. Like, that's, like, amusing setups. But to me, that's not the heart. And why I like Clerks is, like, the conversations they have about Star Wars and Return of the Jedi yeah. and, like, the the you know the real everyday like talk that they have about just different things or like talking about like oh Julie died should die of embolism in the pool or whatever like those conversations of that witty banter back and forth that to me is like what makes the movie it was what makes Clerks Clerks you yeah. know and I think those scenes for me work so much more than the weird like. Well, I feel like without those setups, like it would just be a straight hour and a half movie of just nonstop dialogue. Like Which those is what are almost slacker is. But, <laughs> I, but, but those are like bookends, right? Yeah. Like, like you, you, you have like a, a good bit of dialogue, and it ends like, and, and it, it's even broken up into like different parts too, right? Like there's breaks um, where like a title card comes up on the screen, but. Um, but if you don't have like that break with some weird a guy breaking eggs, like sitting down on the ground breaking eggs, like if you don't have that, like it just would be a nonstop stream of dialogue. Right, right. Um, and so I think like some of that kind of brings, it lets you take a breath, mm. and before you launch back into it again. And I, I don't know, I, I agree with you. I enjoy the rest of it more so than those like weird funny setups. But, um, but I do feel they serve like a purpose, even if that's not what the intention was. I don't know. Yeah, I'd be like, they go to a wake, and my man knocks over the casket, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the body falls out. Yeah. <laughs> Julie Dyer, who is also, she dies in Mallrats, too. Really? Yeah, so oh, Julie wow. Dyer, she dies in Clerks, and they go to the wake, and uh, Randall knocks the casket <laughs> over, and the body tumbles out. And Julie Dyer, so the whole the whole cycle of Mallrats is that um, they're going to go to Universal Studios, he's going to propose and draws pops out of the water. But he can't, she can't go... Because the person that was going to appear on the show was Julie Dyer, or Dwyer, whatever. And she had died of nimbleism because she thought, somebody told her, like, oh, the TV camera has 10 pounds, they're going to look fat on the show. She, she went to the pool and just started doing hundreds and hundreds of laps, and then she died. And so that was, like, why they can't be on the show. Or she couldn't be on the show and why the daughter, Michael Roker's daughter, um, had to be on the show. Um, and that's why the trip to Florida got derailed. That's why they ended up breaking up and blah, blah, blah. But it is, brings up an interesting thing is that um, Kevin Smith with Clerks in his later movies, he does create, like, I guess it's called the uh, Skew universe or the yeah. Skewverse or whatever, where there's all these, like, repeatable characters like Rick Darris is, like, Rick Darris is in Clerks. He's in the... The scene where he comes in, he's like, oh, I heard you sigh yeah. when you grab that milk. <laughs> so that's like Rick Darris. And like Rick Darris is like in Chasing Amy. Rick Darris is one of the people that she was involved in that threesome with where she got that name, uh, finger cuffs or whatever. So <laughs> like Rick Darris is brought up. In, like there's all these characters that are brought up or you see them or like um, 
the one so this the scene with Rick Darris and Clerks and that girl's like, Oh yeah, he, look at his love handles, like her name's Heather and like that's Elisa from Chasing Amy's like sister. They um and then Heather is the middle sister. Elisa is the main character in Chasing Amy. And then the youngest sister is Trish the Dish from Mallrats. That's the youngest sister. So those are the Jones sisters. There, there's one in a few of his movies. So it's just interesting that he has those sort of like callbacks and has sort of created like a universe. Um, you know, I guess Tarantino did it somewhat with the Vega brothers. Yeah, like he had them, right. like, you know, they mentioned different characters and different things. Like in, uh, Kevin Smith's universe, they always talk about, like, man, that guy's faster than Walt Flanagan's dog. That's, like, mentioned in, like, a bunch of movies. Yeah. But you don't ever see, like, Walt Flanagan's dog. It's never, like, a, you know, but it's just mentioned. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that's interesting that he, like, did, you know, do that, you know. Because yeah. he... Well, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, that's the... That's like the the history of being like a, a comic book reader, right? Because you're used to those crossovers. Continuity. You're used to the shared universe and the continuity. So the fact that like Mallrats and Clerks effectively, you could say, takes place within a week of each other. Um, or within like the same week. Same yeah. weekend, yeah. 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 Well, I never that, thought yeah, about that. That gets to like a weird thing, though. That always bothered, has bothered me literally for 30 years. Why is that? So when you watch Clerks, right? When you watch the so So he... Um, the store, they show the hours of the store, right, on the sign in the very beginning of the movie. The store's open 6.30 to 10.30, 6.30 a.m. to 10.30 at night. So he could shoot in the store, in the quick stop, and in RST um, when they weren't open. So he could shoot after 10.30 and before 6 a.m. or 6.30 or whatever, whenever they opened up, which is partly why they have the part with the gum in the locks to keep yeah. the shutters closed because you don't can't tell if it's day or night. Right. So because he's mostly shooting at night. So this dude was working all day and then shooting all night. And he was literally getting one hour of sleep a day. There's a movie about the making of Clerks, which looks like it's – I mean, you think low budget of Clerks? This movie looks like way lower budget than Clerks. <laughs> it's called Shooting Clerks, and it's about – like they have an actor playing Kevin Smith and they have an actor playing Jason Mewes. But it's like a British film. And they're badly trying. I just watched the trailer. I haven't seen the film. I can't comment on its like worthiness. But they have act British actors trying to like have American accents. And in the trailer, it's super distracting. Maybe in the movie they get it sorted out. But in the trailer, you're like, wait, why does Jay have like a British accent? Sounds rough. Anyway, like so, it was a very rough shoot. You know, yeah. um, I can't imagine. I mean, that's like sacrificing for your art. You know, oh, where yeah. you're like you're sleeping an hour, two hours a day because you're shooting. All the rest of the time, and other than you're not working, um, but I do think it is cool, like how it's like a, 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 a in one universe, and like we actually talked about Temple of Doom on the last podcast, and they do quote Temple of Doom, yeah, in, in this movie <laughs> when that guy's like, "Hey, buddy, you seen a set of keys around here? No time for love, Doctor Jones." <laughs> Fucking kids, <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool, like we had yeah. to like hear. Oh, some love for Temple of Doom. So he Tim also the does the, the Jaws bit yeah. with the chip and yeah. the Dorito and the salsa. Yeah, chip yeah. Goes into the salsa. We're gonna need a bigger chip or bigger. <laughs> I forget. Yeah. So um, there's a so there's one part of the movie where he, they sort of talk about you know their different views on the customers. So Randall's like super caustic <laughs> and aggressive to the customers, you know. And Dante, his attitude, he has a quote. He's like. I don't bother the customers and they don't bother me. <laughs> and that like 
completely sums up the entire philosophy <laughs> of customer service that I had. Like whenever I was like work at a counter, like checking people out and stuff, I would just adopt like the most robotic, like, you know, I just want to get through this transaction and get you out into your business, you know? Um, and the, anything they said or did like didn't bother me because I was just like, I don't bother, I don't, I don't let them bother me and I don't bother them, you know? Whereas Randall, like there's several times in the movie where he's like, this yeah. job would be great if it wasn't for the fucking customers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, that lady's like showing him the two movies and he's like, I don't appreciate your ruse. I want your clever tip to fool me. She's like, I'm never written from here again. You'll be missed. Screw yeah. you. He jumps down off the counter. You can't rent here anymore. And then Jay goes, screw me. Yeah. <laughs> we used to say that all the time at the video store. You can't rent here anymore. Yeah. But there's a lot of great quotes yeah. from Clark's, like some of the ones that was... Cute cat, what's its name? Annoying customer. A <laughs> uh, bunch of savages in this town. They say that a bunch of times yeah, in the movie. A yeah. bunch of savages in this town. Of course, I'm not even supposed to be here today. That's like uh, the main you know, main one. Yeah. Um, the old man, when he's like talking about how he's uh, mad that Randall's not there yet. It's like 30 minutes yeah. past due to return the video. He was like... I'd love to get a job where I get to sit on my ass and watch TV all day. <laughs> the other day, I went in there, and that son of a bitch <laughs> sleep. sleeping. I'm sure he's resting his eyes. Resting his eyes? What kind of shit is that? What is he, an air traffic controller? <laughs> Actually, that is his night job. See, that's why you're registering this jock. That's why you're jocking this register. That kind of attitude. That, to me, that line where he's like, maybe he's resting his eyes. For whatever reason, that's like hilarious, you know? We used to always like... Oh, I can just relate to like so much of yeah. this. Like, um, it was definitely a video store favorite when we all worked at the video store. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, it's a movie about what we did <laughs> and like what our lives were. Well, when he says, like, I would love to sit on my ass and watch TV all day, get paid to watch TV all day, essentially, like, that's what we did at the video store. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. that old man, like, you know, he did call it exactly right. Like, work at the video store. Yeah, I think we've said this on the show before, but, like, it's the best job. It you can never have a better job. Like, it's the best <laughs> job that there is. I know some people might think, like, hey, you know, like, I'm a pediatric cardiologist. Like, I cure kids' heart problems and, like, let them live full lives. All right, that's cool and everything. You know, good good job, <laughs> Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. Like, I worked at the video store, dude. I got to sit around and watch TV all day. Customers would come in. I'd hit pause on my TV show that I was watching, my movie I was watching. I'd get their $3 and get them out the door and hit play. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm getting paid. Yeah. When I was a kid and I went to the video stores, I always thought the movies playing on the like on the TVs were for the customers. Like, ah, oh, it's you know, it's like for the customers to come in. Little like, did you know. Little did I know <laughs> that they just weren't pausing it when we walked in, <laughs> which is what we did. So, what do you like about working at the video store? <laughs> Go ahead, tell me. Tell me everything you liked about working. We had in the this video conversation store. before. What did you like working at the video store? I mean, what you just said. Yeah, you you literally just sit around and watch movies all day. If if you were lucky enough to work those like day shifts, you know. Yeah. If you were working there full time, which we all did at one point or another, right. then yeah, you worked during the days. You you just watch movies. I mean, you would occasionally have to put movies back on the shelves. And occasionally have to like check people out. Occasionally, occasionally. You're so bothered Not often. By like, oh, it's annoying customers. And uh, yeah, it was great. And I mean, look, you got to talk about movies all day. Like when people wanted to come in, and they did have a genuine interest in like certain movies and certain types of film. You actually got to talk to them about it, and that was always yeah. Eh. 
It was always great unless you were trying to watch a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and was, then it was like, I'm not I'm not trying to talk about this But it was right like now. being a librarian, kind of, right? Like, you got to shelf the movies, put them right. off. People yeah, come yeah. in, you show them where they are. I don't know. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Lewis, what did you like about working there? Um, I mean, uh, the same thing. Being able to watch movies all day. And there was a surprising amount of, like, autonomy in doing it. Like, you kind of... Like, when you're on shift, like, you kind of run the shift the way you want to run it, you know? And friends would come hang out, and I don't know. It was, yeah. it was always it's always fun and laid back, and yeah. wasn't really a whole lot to do other than hang out, talk about movies. Yeah. It was TV. the opposite of stressful. Yeah, <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you didn't get paid anything, but, I mean, at the end of the day, like, that's, I don't know. It was just, for, like, that time of my life, it was, like, perfect, you know? Yeah. I was going to say, I don't I don't know that I could think of a stressful day that I had working at the video store. Oh, I Unless could. something, like, I went could. down. Unless, like, the computers went down or, like, were broken. <laughs> or we got broken, too, or something like that. Yeah, but, I never but, had to deal with that. But I think, like, the, the main thing is that, like, pretty much every job, so listeners out there, every job that you've ever had your entire life, you sit at night and go, oh, man, I really don't want to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> For the most part... I never felt that way in 10 years of working at the video store. Some ways, I'd look forward to going to work because I knew my friends would be there and i get to hang out and talk with them. And the proof is in the pudding. You go to the video store any day of the week and there'd be one dude working or two dudes working and there'd be like four other dudes like hanging out <laughs> with them, not getting paid, but they're still like checking people out, putting up tapes because it's really like your hub of like not just your work but like your social life you yeah know? like every, absolutely everything yeah. came through the viz or like the best friends i have this is my evidence. whole life is like yeah. people i met, met at the viz or working together with them at the viz store you know and like i mean just think about charles like charles was just a guy that like didn't want to sit around his house so that he just came to the store and hang out the video store all day and like we would literally have the best days of my life just hanging out there with charles with you guys just like talking about movies watching movies i mean when a, a delivery would come, every day was Christmas because we could just order whatever we wanted, movie-wise. So you'd open these boxes and be like, oh, I've always wanted to see this. Oh, I've wanted to see this. I mean, it was great. Like, yeah, it was yeah. Every week you had Christmas on Tuesdays, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, I don't know, it was just cool. Like, being able to get, uh, order movies and watch them. And, like, you know, I did, like, what Randall did, too, though. Like, I have gone to other, I worked at a video store and I went to other <laughs> video stores and rented other movies to stuff that we didn't have, you know. Yeah. Um, so I can relate to that scene in the movie as well. But there's a lot of stuff in the movie that really hit home for me. And I think for my, like, group of friends, um, you guys included, in that, um, <clears throat> that movie is almost like, in some ways, Without all the crazy casket knocking over stuff, but yeah. in the normal stuff, it's like a video about our life. Like that was a movie about like what we did for a living. Well, the know? most realistic yeah. thing of the movie for me is Randall and Dante spend the entire day doing everything they can but work. Yeah, yeah. and it's like yeah. like you're talking about like you get the customer in and out as quick as you can, and then go back to your movie or go back to like whatever you're talking about, like your conversation yeah. with your friends, you know, yeah. and so. Um, I don't know. Working at the video store wasn't about actual work. It was about everything else that happened in between. Well, it wasn't until the very end of the movie that they actually make an attempt to like clean up and do actual work. After they like destroyed, After the, they place. destroyed the place. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I was going to say the one thing that's bothered I think I got off on a tangent. The one thing that's bothered me for 25 years or 30 years or whatever it's been since the movie came out, um, when you talk about like, oh, is this like over the course of a weekend? Yeah. Right? It doesn't make sense what day of the week it is. It never. So they say in the movie, 
what day it is and what the time because he was like it's Saturday at four four p.m. on a Saturday. Randall says that in the movie, but it doesn't make sense that it's a Saturday because. She's like going to college and she's like having yeah. college classes and like there's all this stuff going on. I mean, I guess it's possible, but do they have college classes on Saturdays? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. It's like a continuity. Yeah. Thing. That's a Honestly, I've never thought of that. Uh, I hadn't either. Yeah. It's bothered me since the first time I saw it. That's I was funny. like, okay, so clearly this is a weekend because they're like having the hockey game. Yeah. You know? So people are not work. But then they always talk about like, oh, go commute. Go about your life, commute. That's what she sells to the customers when they're doing the Trulies representative thing. So it's like, oh, they're talking about commuting and stuff. Maybe it's a weekday. Oh, she has classes. Okay, I'm convinced it's a weekday. Like this is a random Thursday or something. But then they literally say it's Saturday at 4 p.m. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, it's Saturday? This doesn't make sense. Why is Ronnie going to these classes? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's not supposed to be that important, obviously, but it does bother me for whatever reason. Yeah. yeah, I never thought of that. I know, I think, uh, so in, in rewatching it again, like just trying to think about things to, to talk about today, um, I, I never really thought too much about how long some of the scenes were, like how long like some of the takes were. Um, like one of, one of the scenes that stands out is when, uh, oh, who is it, Dante and his girlfriend, get Veronica get into the argument. They're sitting behind the counter on the floor together. He's like painting her nails for, her. and, um, you know, leads to that hilarious conversation. Yeah. But like that scene's got to be like four minutes, all five minutes. Take, right? And it's all one take. And wow. it's like, you could tell like there's one part where I think she starts to stumble on her words, but like recovers very quickly. But, um, I don't know. just it, like, to me, like rewatching it, like that scene, like really stuck out. And I know there was others that they probably did in, in very long takes just, because of sake of saving film, Save, but yeah. um, I didn't catch that honestly. I've never caught that that was like one long shot. Yeah, but I think it's probably because the scene itself and like the dialogue, it's just so hilarious. Yeah, for one, and like yeah, I'm just like so focused on. I'm always so focused on like just like their reactions to each other. And I mean, yeah, that seems that's great. Like just the way they act yeah. that out is incredible. So there's some, there's definitely something to be said too about the like. So you can when you watch the movie, you can tell these are like amateur actors. Yeah, right? yeah. If yeah. that makes sense in the term, uh, these aren't people that are like are living in Hollywood, taking like acting classes, and like are trying to become actors for a living. At least that's my impression of watching the movie. But they do great. I think his girlfriend is great. Like yeah. she delivers yeah. this really staccato, fast-paced yeah. like dialogue. Clearly, there's some parts where you can tell, like, she messes up or misses yeah. a line. or yeah. And they just keep going because of, like you said, budgetary constraints yeah. and whatever. But damn, dude. The guy that plays, I think his name is Jeff Anderson. The guy that plays Randall. Randall. Oh, yeah. amazing. That guy could be in any TV show. He's a, yeah. That guy is an excellent, like, no. There's, talk about carefree acting or just somebody that you don't. It doesn't seem like they're acting. Like, there's some yeah. parts yeah. where, like, you feel like Dante, like, he's acting. Right, yeah. But like, man, the Randall, that guy is excellent, man. Yeah. That guy is excellent. And you know, a lot of other people in the movie, like, are their friends, they have like one line or yeah. there's not, you know. Even the the um when the guy dies, the um lady that's like the mortician or the cop or whatever, you can tell she's like just reading her, <laughs> like like reading her lines off the thing, like, you know, like these are not like these are like his friends, right. you know? Yeah. They're like people he worked with or whatever for the most part. But man, that Randall guy, he did awesome. 
Yeah. You never, I never saw him like anything else really either. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even know if he was even trying to be an actor or whatever. I mean, but like even like Jay, uh, like Jay wasn't yeah. an actor, but he does an awesome job. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they became like icons. Like, yeah, these guys exactly. Bigger than like the movie Clark. Yeah. Like, those side characters became bigger than the movie. You know. I think the problem yeah. with like Jay now is he tries he tries to act where uh, right. in Clerks he was yeah. just. Being himself. He's being yeah. himself. Yeah. But, like, yeah, Jeff Anderson, though, like, he, on top of, like, delivering some of those lines, like, flawlessly, like, he just has really great timing. Yeah. Like, he starts yeah. and stops his lines exactly where they need to be for, like, the the big, biggest effect, you know? Yeah. Um, Did you guys watch the uh, the TV pilot? You mean the, the cartoon animated? show? No. The live-action TV pilot. It stars as, uh, it stars Jim Brewer? What's the guy's name that he's on? He always looks like he's he's high. Yeah, Jim Brewer. Jim Brewer. Yeah, he's Jeff Anderson's character. He's really. Random. Yeah. What? Yeah, you can watch it on YouTube. I watched like five minutes of it. I had to turn it off. I was like pulling Eesh. my hair out. It's awful. Laugh track. Everything. Oh like, wow! Yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's called Clerks, and it's like Dante and Randall, but there's a third guy. He works at an ice cream store. So in this version, there's like an ice cream store. Huh. The quick stops in the middle. The ice cream store is next door, and then RST Videos next to it. Um, and but the quick stop is not called yeah laugh track like Hollywood. Uh, I, I watched like five minutes of it. And like they never aired. It was like a yeah. pilot. Yeah, I think for Fox or something or I don't know, but it was terrible. Yeah, the cartoon wasn't bad. I mean, it was it wasn't great. Yeah, the cartoon wasn't great, but there's some funny moments in the cartoon yeah. that I thought were hilarious. Yeah. Um, and then this this movie spawned like an industry, right? Like yeah. cartoons, pilots, yeah, other movies like. They recently announced they're making Clerks three. Yeah, yeah. Which I I don't agree with. <laughs> I don't. You know, you can only go to the well so many times. Like thirty yeah. years, dude. It's like, hey, we had this hit song, and now we're gonna play a song exactly like it, yeah. but with different lyrics. Like, come on, man. Well, like, did you, well, I did. did you... I did see Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I didn't see. Yeah. It. And it was tough, man. Yeah, not a fan. It, I mean, like just like you said, like it's just going back to the well, like one too many times, yeah. and yeah. like just trying to cram every little piece of every movie they've ever done into one movie, but not in a way that works. It yeah. becomes like an inside joke. Right? Yeah, that's all it is. And like I don't know, like the guy as a director, um, I feel like he could have done more, you know, like with his career, instead of making the same movie over. You yeah. watch Chasing Amy, that's a film. That's not like that's that's a real film. That's not like a Clerks or you know, I I love Mallrats. I think it's just the funniest one of the funniest movies, if not the funniest movie I've ever seen. But Chase and Amy's like a real movie. It's a movie about like relationship and dynamics and like <clears throat> that guy could have made movies that were like that. Like he could have mm. had a career like making you know. Well, he but tried. Instead, he wanted but... to make Clerks like over and over and over. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think he I think he tried, but he got burned one too many times. Like Jersey Girl flopped. Um, um and yeah. and is more or less hated by most people. Yeah. And then he did Cop Out, and Cop Out is what sent him into like kind of the spiral where he like got out of like he was basically done with filmmaking and uh just went to like straight podcasting. And the only reason why he started coming back was ideas that came about in like, you know, weed fueled, like crazy like discussions about walrus you know, people being yeah. turned into walruses Tusk. and then, and then he creates Tusk and he has another crazy idea about, you know, 
Nazi sausages, so he creates yoga hosers. Yeah, which I never saw either one of those two, but I did see Red State. And Red State was not bad. It's a good movie. I mean, it's an interesting movie, but it's not like a Kevin. It doesn't feel like a Kevin Smith no. movie, which doesn't have to. He doesn't. The guy doesn't have to keep remaking yeah, yeah. his movies over and over. But it know? shows that he can make a different kind of movie, and he can still make it well. But I think, like with, I think with anything else outside of Red State. Like, it just, it feels very, I don't know. It feels like a bad idea that he just went with. I don't know. I I hate to be, like, this guy that's like, hey, I worked at a video store. What do I know about making a movie? I just know that, like, there was a reality in which Kevin Smith could have made, like, a comedic, like, very similar to, uh, what's his name, Takiti Watiti? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Ant-Man type movie. A very comedic Marvel movie, was something, you know, but he never... Yeah. You know, he always says, like, because he was going to make Green Hornet. That was, like, the whole thing was, like, there's so many projects that Kevin Smith was attached to that he, like, backed out or left or yeah. whatever. And then with Green Hornet at the time, he was like, oh, I, I can't make an action movie. I can only make a comedy. I, I can only do, like, you know, these comedy movies. And I just feel like it's a shame. I wish he had done more yeah. different kind of stuff where, yeah. like, he had a movie. It's not like a Kevin Smith movie, but you have a movie that's, like, Kevin Smith like version of a like a superhero movie or Marvel movie or whatever. I think that would have been cool because he is such a huge like comic book fan, Marvel fan. He wrote comic books. You know, he wrote Daredevil. He had like a really highly touted and esteemed run on Daredevil. It would have been nice to see him make a movie like a superhero movie, but from his perspective. You yeah. Know? So there is the Masters of the Universe series on Netflix. Yeah, that, that he wrote. Right? Yeah, the he's the showrunner for that, it. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's gotten pretty bad reviews. I, I think it's you good. You liked it? Yeah. So, so it's I, one of those movies that's like hated by like the anti SJW people. Yeah. Like they like hate that movie, that whole thing. Well, it's, yeah, they're upset because like Tila becomes more or less like the main character. I mean, He Man's still in it throughout, like he's in every single episode. Um, but Tila is like kind of takes the lead in it. And uh, a lot of people are saying it's like she man that they're, you know, trying to introduce mm. like feminist, like, you know, social justice warrior agenda. And I Which mean, I say good. Anything you can do to make those people mad, then I support <laughs> you have anything you can do to make like these like anti SJW fandom menace people mad, then, you know, send me an email. I'll send you a dollar or whatever to support it. <laughs> But it was good. I mean, I watched it like I, I I binged it in a single sitting, and I really liked it. I five mean, five episodes. Yeah, and it's uh, they're all like twenty five minute episodes. Like it's not long. Um, but as a you know, as a fan of like He Man as a kid, like I can't watch it now. It's hard to get through because it's pretty terrible. Um, but I mean, it's like a really good, like not it's not even a reimagining, but it's a, a good update of it. So you're trying to say the original He Man was terrible? I'm not saying it's terrible, like but, and like but it's super dated. <laughs> Cringer. It's super dated. When uh, He-Man came out, uh, I, we and my brother were psyched, man. Like, we were pumped. You know, they'd shown the commercials for, like... The show or the movie? The show. Okay. <laughs> they'd shown the commercials for months. They had the toys in the stores. We bought them. Yeah? Those toys had, like, the original He-Man toys you could get at Toys R Us. They had little comic books yeah. inside of them. The stories in the comic books were baller. I mean, dark, like Temple of Doom type stuff, like, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then the show comes out. We're pumped. We're amped. After school, here comes the show. We can't. We've been waiting months. So disappointed. Dude. <laughs> so so <laughs> disappointed. Like we're like, man, what is going on here? Like I, you know, and you got to keep in mind too. Like 
I'm just, I'm like at the age where like I'm kind of getting, you know, falling out of love with like a lot of the stuff. And, but I, you know, my brother was in that wheelhouse. He was like the right age for the show to be in love with it. Yeah. And like me and him were like, this is cheesy. So, cheesy. So, He Man, you out there listening, <laughs> you're cheesy. <laughs> Sick of you, He Man. <laughs> and Orco, punk, punk Orco. I think you'd like the show then. Really? Really? So the show, I feel, draws more inspiration from the comics and the toys than it does the original show. I mean, obviously, it still draws a lot from the original show. Um, but a lot of, like, the styling, a lot of the, like, the overall feel of it, like, it does not feel like like the original show. The original show was just super campy, like, really terribly animated. Right. Um, and, like, all the setups were just, in, in my opinion, dumb. But, like, the opening, like, five, ten minutes of the first episode... It's like being a kid and taking all the He-Man toys and just throwing them on like the living room floor and playing with them. Nice. Like it, I don't know. It, it was a big like nostalgia like trip. I do like the toys. Yeah, the it's good. There's like they're crazy. They're like a crazy person made them. Yeah, <laughs> like, head spinning yeah. around. And, yeah, head spinning yeah. around. Oh yeah, it's not the, the chest. The chest and battle dance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did like the yeah. toys. I actually would pick some up if I ever saw any like for sale at a flea market or something. Um, yeah, I'll have to check it out. Kevin Smith, He-Man. Um, what else you guys been watching? So what else have you guys been watching? Anything else you've seen lately? Um, this since the last time we talked? On Netflix? Or saw anything? the new uh, Jungle Cruise movie. Really? You paid <laughs> I, the money to watch it I, on I, Disney? I, no, Plus? no, I went to see it in the theater. What is oh, wow. A few weeks ago. The theater. When it first came out, so yeah. So what did you think? It was, uh, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked it. I'm shocked. I'm loving that. Here, yeah. love hearing that. Now I want to go see it. I would recommend it. Awesome. So it's a, I mean, it's a Disney movie. Yeah. And it's a new Disney movie based on a ride. Yeah. Um, like Pirates of the Caribbean. Like Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. But honestly, it had a lot of, uh, a lot of vibes of Indiana Jones. Hmm. I like that. It did. Yeah. That sounds cool. So that's definitely one to check out, listeners. <laughs> Brooks Webb gave me the positive review. That's two. Bridget was a fan too. Yeah. So that, yeah. the Webb family, positive review. Two, two thumbs up from the Webbs for Jungle Cruise, starring The Rock, and the Emily person Blunt. from The Quiet played. Yeah, Tom. Emily Blunt. Emily yeah. Blunt. Yeah. yeah. So so I mean, out. you know, expect some cheesiness to it, but yeah, it was solid. Had like a kind of like a, the trailer had anyway a kind of like a mummy vibe like the Brendan Fraser mm, yeah mummy vibe, which I love I love mummy the mummy great movie the one thing I I think is is kind of cool about it, I haven't seen the movie but um, the original Jungle Cruise like ride at Disney took a lot of inspiration as far as like design from African Queen like the uh-huh. old like what movie from the forties Humphrey Bogart Humphrey yeah. Bogart. And in that movie, he wears like effectively like the same outfit that Humphrey Bogart wears in African Queen. So it also huh. some of the design in awesome. the movie is like inspired by. Yeah, we we saw it at Alamo, and they definitely showed like a African Queen trailer. Oh, nice. So, um, Mr. Webb, do you want to tell people about the Beast? The Beast. Or Beast. I don't remember. Be- oh, beasts! Yeah, what'd you think about that movie? Yeah, that was good. I liked it. Um, that was on what Amazon Prime? Yeah, but no spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I like the movie. <laughs> I like it a lot. If you're interested in like psychological thrillers, yeah. slash murder or mystery type movies, maybe 
Um, yeah, it's a mystery. Um, just give it a give it a watch. It's hard to talk about without spoils yeah. spoiling it because a lot of stuff happens unexpectedly. Yeah, but uh, I I dug it too. Um, I think I told you about it and you watched it and you liked it. Maybe I did. Yeah, I I actually yeah I liked that movie a lot. Um, it was one that I never heard of. You told me about it. Uh, I started watching it having no what. I, I found out, I just started watching it. I didn't know what genre it was. I didn't know who was in it. I didn't know if it was going to be like a laugh out loud comedy or a horror movie. I did the same thing. <laughs> it was on Netflix, 90 minute movies. You yeah. have a segment called 90 minute movies. I was like, oh, 90 minute movies. That's dumb. Why would they have a segment called 90 minute movies? Like who well, cares you watch how long all the movie of them. is? And like the <laughs> very first time. one was Beast. And it was like, I never saw the actress before. And I clicked on it and watched it. Yeah. And was like, I really liked the movie. I thought it was great. Yeah. No, I had actually seen her. And the main actor in a few things. And yeah, it was really cool to see them in this movie that I'd never heard of. Um, but yeah, it turned out to be pretty good. Or I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, another one that I recently watched that you had mentioned was 1BR, which is on Netflix. Yeah. And that is also a movie you can't really talk about without spoiling it. But it's really hard to talk about that without spoiling it. Yeah, I mean, I will say that's also like a psychological thriller. Like, yeah, I, I don't know what else I would say about would it. Would you recommend but, it? I if you like horror movies, um, yeah, if you like horror movies, I would recommend it. I I didn't think it was the the best movie in the world, to be honest. Um, there were things about it that I did like. And there are things about it that reminded me of movies that I really liked. But this movie itself, like the the thing I liked most about it was just kind of like taken directly from another movie yeah. that I that I really like that I think is a better movie. So I did uh I, I, I did watch that one and I think the uh the Which thing, one? One BR. Oh, you watched it Luke? Yeah. I think the thing I liked the most about it was like I felt like, oh, I I know what's happening. Like I know what's gonna happen. And then there was like I think a moment in the movie where it just completely went a different direction. Yeah, but hold on, Lewis, you're also the same guy that we went and saw the village together, M Night Shyamalan movie with a surprise twist. And as soon as we left the movie theater, you're like, Oh, I knew what was happening five minutes into the movie. <laughs> That's an exact quote. And I literally was like, What in the hell? How? How did you know? You're like, Oh, I called it five minutes in. I don't remember that, but it sounds like me. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, I wouldn't. If you've seen enough movies, now The Village, I don't know that I that I would know that going into it. I, I do remember thinking, like, when I watched The Village, I do remember thinking, like, what's the twist? Something, some something's here, off yeah. here. Well, I mean, every like, M Night movie, you go whatever, into it thinking, whatever okay, all these people are saying, yeah, it's not true. Like, okay. there's there's some big lie here, but um, but I will say that a lot of times. When Bridget and I watch movies now or TV shows, like there will be these moments where I'm like, oh, like this dude's gonna do this thing, or you know, like this is how it's gonna turn out. And she's like, how do you know that? And then it ends up being the case. She's like, how do you know that? And I'm like, you've seen enough movies. You have a, you've seen you have enough a, of this thing play out that yeah. you know exactly what's you gonna have happen. A vocabulary of film yeah. that allows you to sort of predict what's gonna happen. Yeah. So I took your recommendation. I watched No Sudden Moves. Oh yeah, which is Don Cheadle. Yeah, and Benicio del Toro. Soderbergh. Great movie. Loved it. Thought it was very interesting. Reminded me why Don Cheadle is like one of my favorite actors, along with Guy Pearce, um, which I believe is how you pronounce his name. But 
Um, you know, for, for me, Don Cheadle, Devil in a Blue Dress, that old Denzel movie, um, his portrayal of the character Mouse, like, it just blew me away. And I'm not, a, I'm not a, I'm not a actor's fan. I'm not a movie that like, oh, I love this guy's performance or I love this. Like, for me, actors are talking puppets. Like, what's more important is the director or the screenwriter. Like, yeah, I, I, but. You know, obviously, there's some performances that you're just like floored by, and Don Cheadle has that capability inside of him. Not to say that this was uh, his best performance, or anything or anything, but it was just a cool movie, like well directed. Yeah. Didn't know what was gonna happen, you know. Yeah. And then another one I watched, which I can say, had no idea what was. Did not watch anything about it at all. Saw it, clicked on it, watched yeah. it. Um, Denzel's son, the mo- the movie with Denzel's son, it's oh, called yeah. Beckett. Yeah. It's on Netflix. It's right to a direct-to-video thing, I think. I watched the trailer yesterday. Cool movie, man. Yeah? Like, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't read the synopsis or anything. I just like, oh, I've seen that guy. He was in Tenet. I clicked on it. It goes in a completely different direction than the first t- first five minutes. You think, oh, this is, is going to be this kind of movie. Then left turn, left turn, left turn. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a cool movie. I it, it Aaron didn't really dig it very much, but for me, I was, it's like, uh, isn't it like an Italian filmmaker? Yeah, I think so. Um, and it takes place in, you know, in, it doesn't take place in the U S it takes place in Europe somewhere in Greece, I think. Um, and it's super, it has like a very much, and this is going to, people are going to hear this and then not watch the movie or watch it and be like, no, that's wrong. Have you ever seen like down by law by Jim Jarmesh? It has like a real down by law like feel like where it's like just this really weird movie. Anyway, watch it. You'll like it. You'll dig it. I think. Which I don't, you're not a fan of him, right? Like John David Washington or whatever. Uh, so yeah, when I saw when I watched Tenet, which I did like Tenet. Um, Terrible movie, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Tenet. Honestly, I wasn't a fan of his acting. There are times where like I don't know. I was I was like taken out of the movie based on his like. Um, his delivery of certain lines. So yeah, when you watch this, I'll tell me if you feel the same way. Yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to know because there are some parts where I felt his choices were peculiar in delivery, <laughs> but the overall vibe of the movie is like super weird. Like you don't really know what's going on, so it kind of fit into the movie. Um, but yeah, I recommend Beckett. Watch it if you're out there, listeners, and you're like, hey, what should I watch tonight? I don't know. Uh, let's look through Netflix and see what's on there. Look at Beckett. Give it a try. Maybe consider The Beast. Don't watch the trailer or anything for either one of those two. And then if you like L.A. Confidential-ish type movie, you know, like No Sudden Moves, maybe give it a shot. Yeah, um, yeah. That kind of... HBO that, Max. That vibe. If it's still on there. Should be. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it depends on where you listen to this. If you're listening to this, like... <laughs> well, first of all, the only one listening is my mom. But so mom, don't and watch Lewis any of those movies. You don't like any of them. So and he's Lewis not going to listen. So he's not listening. Man, we like cut our audience in half. I have Lewis as a guest. What were we thinking? Mistakes Huge were mistake. made. Yeah, mistakes were made. Yeah. Um, so I put out the last episode today. The one that we recorded a few weeks ago. I got around to releasing it today. And before we start recording, I checked and we had four four listeners. Oh, wow. Yeah, and you didn't listen, right? <laughs> no. And you didn't listen, right? Nope. So there's four people we don't know that How many to devices it. did you listen to it on? I, I didn't listen to it. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so that's Clerks. That's stuff we watched recently. And Lewis, do you have any other recommendations besides He-Man? What's the name of the new He-Man show, though? It's Masters of Masters the Universe. Masters of the Universe. Okay. Yeah. On Netflix. Yeah, I have seen three movies recently. Okay, what are they? Um, so the two mainstream ones, 
um, are uh, the uh, new Suicide Squad, James Gunn Suicide Squad. Which what did you think about it? I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I, it's obviously James Gunn. Like, mm-hmm. um, it feels very much like the same kind of energy that he brought to like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like needle drops, like in like the perfect moments. Um, so it was really good. And it was, it was fun, right? Oh, super fun. I mean, hilarious. Like, uh, Brooke does not like superhero movies at all, and she loved that movie. Like, she was laughing the whole time, like, really into it. Um, the other movie that I saw was Fast 9. The new oh, Fast I saw that, too. You love those Fast I did, movies. Yeah. Dude, but if, if you compare the new Fast and the Furious movie to Suicide Squad, like, Suicide Squad is more believable. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, the, yeah. The stuff that happens in Fast and the Furious is absolutely ridiculous like there's a scene i i won't spoil it because you know it's real serious film it's it's, it's not. super super serious cinema but there's a scene where like a bridge goes out and yeah. like vin diesel's character dominic toretto is like well damn i gotta get across this Wait, what about this family huge gap. what about family lou it's all about family <laughs> that that i mean that's the drinking game you take a drink every time he says family um but he has to get across this like chasm right and so the way that he does it is he runs up to one of the cords that's still attached to the post where the bridge was turns the wheels so he can hook it, like hook it, and like Indiana Jones swings across, like yeah. his car his across, car across, and him and him and his girlfriend Letty or wife or whatever they are, like is she the one that died? And yeah, she, came back alive? Well, she didn't really die. She just okay. lost her memory and came that down. happens a lot in those yeah. movies. And so it lands on the other side of the chasm, rolls at least like two dozen times, not wearing seatbelts, and they just get on there like, all right, we got to get out of here. Yeah. Like we're like <laughs> they they get, get out, out unscathed. Both wearing like white, solid white t-shirts. No blood, no scratches, no, no dirt. No scratches. So I heard no that, dirt. and I didn't see the movie, and I, I never will, obviously. But I heard that um, the wrestler guy, John Cena. John Cena. Yeah. I heard that he, I thought he did great in Suicide Squad, but I heard he did horrible in the Fast Nine. I mean, I heard he did like horrible. You don't have a lot of opportunity to yeah. create in a fast. So I will say, line. having seen John Cena in other movies, like he's at his best when he does comedy. Okay. And I don't think that he was able to do that. Like because think of the delivery of some of the lines in like Suicide Squad. Um, like what was the one that you said you thought was hilarious? Where uh, oh, he's like, I'll kill every man, woman, and child on earth in order to get peace. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, like the delivery of that line, like, which is obviously meant to be funny. I think like, he's gonna get like his own like, solo movie, maybe. Well, he's, they're doing a show, HBO Max show. Oh, they're doing a show. Yeah, like a limited series. Okay. But um, but no, in this movie, he's just like, there's no, nothing he does is played for comedy. It's all incredibly serious, super sincere. And I mean, it's John Cena. He's not an actor, yeah. you know? It's, um, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but the other movie I watched. John Cena. Yeah. The other movie I watched is The Hunt. I watched it. Which. Oh it yeah, had, it had a lot of oh, we watched that too. A lot of political stuff. I, you know, I, I, we don't do politics on this show. I liked parts of it, but I, it just it it felt I don't know it felt really weird. Like it it parodied like both sides, like the well, left it, and the right, and it's also it just, a movie about people hunting other people, which I feel like they have made like a thousand movies. They have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there were some really I thought that there were some great lines and great scenes in that yeah. movie. Um. One of my favorites from, I think, Sturgill Simpson, who's like a musician. He's yeah. in the movie. Yeah. He plays like the guy from Orlando. And he's like, what's the plan, khaki man? And yeah. it's just like, what? 
this is not the movie I thought I was getting into. Like, people are dying, and then all of a sudden he rolls out with this line. He's got and, jokes. Yeah. Well, the best part of it is, like, in the first, like, five minutes of the movie, ten minutes of the movie. Um, the biggest names. Like, all the biggest names immediately <laughs> gone. Yeah. And, like, the guy who, he was in Smallville. He's in uh, This Is Us. And so Burke and I were watching it, and she loves This Is Us. Yeah. So she's like, oh, my man's in this. Oh, watch, he's going to, like... He's going to like take all these yeah. guys down and then immediately Died. dead. Yeah. <laughs> no, great. that was the case. With, yeah. Like we started watching it and, uh, yeah, like Emma, no, Emma Roberts, Emma Roberts. Yeah. yeah. She's in it. And I mean, spoiler alert, but she's gone in like two minutes. I thought she was like the main character. So did I. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's always cool. Movies sort of do that. I think yeah. Yeah. subvert your expectations and like have a big lead, like die. Kind of like, I mean, I guess it's, no spoiler, but Samuel L. Jackson and Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, this dude's going to be, like, carried him through the movie and, like, right away dead, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, That's what I loved about, uh, do you remember that movie? It's, like, 12, 13 years old, Feast? It's, like, horror comedy. No, I never heard of it. I never saw that movie. You should watch it. So, like, there's, uh, it, it's funny. It, it plays on, like, horror movie, action movie tropes. Um, but there's, like, this one scene where, um... I can't remember the the actor's name, but he's been in other stuff. But I think more famously, he was in like Grey's Anatomy. Okay. Um, like he shows up, he busts in, and a title card comes up and says "The Action Hero" and uh, and whatever his name is. And he comes in, he starts like getting stuff together. It looks like he's going to turn things around, and then immediately dies. Oh, and yeah. So it just it again like kind of turns things on like its head. on its head and like completely. Yeah. Well, I, I know with The Hunt, I was shocked at the end to see that it was written by Damon Lindelof. Like, oh, produced yeah. and written by him. So like, he, he was he one of like the writers. Lost. He, like he did Lost. Lost. He did Lost. He did Prometheus. Yeah. He did a lot of stuff. He did, um, he did the one He did where the, the new people... Watchmen show, too, on okay, HBO. Okay, did he do the one where the people... Leftover. Yeah, Leftovers. Half the people on Earth yeah. like, just disappear. Yeah. I did see a trailer for Why the Last Man, which I'm super excited about. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's going to be like the AMC show, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty cool. Aaron was like super pumped about it. She thought it looked really neat. Um, Anything else you guys watched lately that you want to talk about to the listeners to go check out? I mean, we talked about... Two movies like Beast and Beckett, which I'm sure 99% of the audience will hate, but I liked. <laughs> I think Beast is a pretty... I feel like that would be pretty well received. Um, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I could be wrong. British film. Yeah. Um, what what uh, what about you? Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up? I think that's it. Yeah? What about the component of quality of the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it's hurting. I thought there'd be better microphones. Hurting. Hurting. Uh, Excited for Gen Con. Yeah, we're we gonna do a Gen Con episode, S- like special sneak peek for as long the, as it happens yeah, as long and as, everybody makes it. As as we yeah, make it. we can record on scene. We can. We could do like a uh, review of the games we bought. Yeah. Talk about why we bought them. Maybe uh, talk about um a certain movie that we've watched a couple Gen Cons in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. You know, yeah, so that's a good a, idea. A review of that. Yeah. Sort of why we watch it every Gen Con. And uh, why it's probably the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really all I had. You know, I was uh, I feel like I just wanted to sort of talk about Clerks and talk about like what it was like working at the video store because we all worked at the video store obviously for years. Um, yeah, watching Clerks again was definitely like uh, going back in time to like working at the video store again, and just like definitely reminds you of those those days. 
of sitting around and doing absolutely nothing while you're at work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you were at the Vista for what years did you work there? Um, Any idea at all? Uh, not, let's see. I was, uh, I think I was 20 when I started working there. Probably, yeah. Uh, and I worked there up until like maybe like 25 Maybe like five years. Okay. Yeah. So it would have been like 2003 to 2008? Yeah. Something like that. That sounds about right. And what about you, Lou? Uh, so I was up there from 2005 to, I think I stopped around probably 2010. Okay. So you were there, I guess, after me, I think. So I, when you I was. Were, you were still working there when I left? Yeah, I was okay. still working there when you left, and uh, and I ended up. And getting, Charles was still working there. Yeah, I ended up getting a new job like in 2008, I think, and uh, just went to part time. And so, gotcha. like, so I was there like full time three years, and then the last two years just part time. Okay, yeah, because I got a job in 2008. Yeah. And stopped working there totally. I think it was 2008. Makes thing like that makes. Sense. That's when you moved, right? Yeah, I think so. 2008 yeah. to 2012, I didn't live here, and then I moved back. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so between us, we got like 20 years of video experience. <laughs> so if you guys ever want to open a video store up, now's the time. You know, there's very little competition. <laughs> Except Netflix yeah. and Hulu and Redbox. Well, I, mean, I mean by video stores. Uh, uh, brick and mortar Not store. a lot of video stores out there that we have to fight yeah. and scrap against. Yeah. But you know what? I did, you know, in all seriousness, um, not to drag us out, but... It was pretty funny, like working at like a, because we worked at a very small, a locally owned independent video store, and obviously our biggest competition was like Blockbuster, right? Blockbuster is this giant corporate behemoth, and it was pretty cool that like we did outlast like Blockbuster because Blockbuster yeah. went out of business. Absolutely. I don't want anybody to go out of business and lose their job, but it was cool that we outlasted Blockbuster by yeah. years. Like we were, videos were still open for years after yeah. Blockbuster closed. I mean, skating by, but we, yeah, we still turned a profit for a little bit. Yeah, made money so. So that was always a good feeling. I do have a question. Yeah. Uh, since we haven't talked about it specifically, without naming any names, I want to know who was your favorite customer and your least favorite uh, customer there. I don't know, like. I don't really like because uh, I know some uh, of these characters have to really stick out to you. We did have characters. So one thing about clerks, they talk about like the milkmaid and the yeah. the guidance guidance counselor. I mean, we definitely had some customers like that, not like that specifically, but there were customers and types of customers that did stand out. Um, like there were the customers that just wanted to talk about everything but movies yeah. sometimes. Yeah. There was customers that they, there was definitely customers that would come in there during the day that were like older guys that lived in a like Garner, like yeah. senior center. And they just wanted to get out of their place they lived and like talk to somebody. Yeah. There was legitimately guys that just came out there and just like, yeah. talked to Same somebody. thing in Cameron Village right. in Raleigh. I mean, they, were, they weren't necessarily like old guys, but yeah, there were guys that would come in there like multiple times a week and would just want to like, yeah. hang out. Talk to somebody. Um, I think in terms of like the customers I liked, you know, there's like you said, there's a few types. Like there are people that were really into movies and they would like want to, there are few and far between, but there are people that were like really into movies and they would want to talk about movies and they'd recommend movies that we should get and we would get them and that'd be pretty cool. 
Sometimes there'd be people that would come in and like four years ago you were recommended like some movie and they like loved it and they like won't stop talking about how like four <laughs> years ago you told me to watch this movie. It was the best movie ever and it rules and like those are always fun. And it was really fun. Like sometimes you'd recommend a movie like people would be like, oh, what's a good movie about a 13-year-old girl that buys a horse that like also has a pet hamster and you like would recommend something. And then, like, they'd be like, oh, I love that recommendation. And then they literally would rent it, like, every day for, like, five years. <laughs> and you're like, dude, you can literally buy I'm just here. You just you can have it. <laughs> Take the movie. Take the movie. Like, those are always yeah. interesting when people would do that because that would happen sometimes. Um, I don't know. Like, for the most part, like, there's customers. The customers that stand out to me, you know, they're like, I'm not going to give any names away. But they're just nice people, the nice guys mm-hmm. that would come in all the time. They'd be like really in a good mood. I mean, working at the VS store is fun because people are in a good mood. They're there to get entertained. Like yeah. they're there because they're not at work and they're going to go home and drink some beer and like watch some action movie or whatever, or yeah. watch some romantic comedy with their girlfriend or with their husband or whatever. And to me, that was like fun for the most part. People were like in pretty good moods. Um, the be- customers that are bad. I mean, there's some customers that were just rude, but it's not for the most part, like, you kind of, as a customer, you kind of knew the deal, right? So if you're like a Karen type, you can go to Best Buy and like raise hell with corporate and all that, you know? But like at the RV store, like we would give you the number of the owner. He would just never call you back. So like, there's only so much you can complain about. Like yeah. you're not going to get, like usually people would be like, I don't want to pay this late fee. I'd be like, okay, <laughs> like that's fine. Uh, I'll knock off half of it or I'll just yeah. wait at this time. I'm yeah. not, I didn't want confrontation. No. Nah. Yeah. Nobody wanted that. So there wasn't a lot of, where like at a blockbuster or something, you'd have to like stand your ground and be like, oh, you need to pay. We didn't really have to deal with all that, you know, for the most part. Try to get something out of them, but if we can't, oh, well, whatever. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I don't, there wasn't, there was a few, obviously, there were just rude people that were coming all the time that I didn't really like. But I mean, they had some like cool customers that would like trade us beer for free movies. Yeah. Yeah. Trade my kid, like. My kid took karate lessons from the guy that was giving free movies to. We got free pizza from the pizza place. We got free Mexican. Mexican yeah. so, we got free sandwiches from like the deli in Cameron Village. Cameron Village, yeah. yeah. So it was, it was, I don't know. There wasn't anybody that like really stood out that I hated. Um, I know like um, a former employee, I don't want to give his name, but he would get mad when people wouldn't like, but they would like kind of throw the money at you, you know, they would, like, they would, like throw the money or like, you know, not put it in his or hand. Throw the credit cards like Ninja Stars. Ninja Stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a customer we called Ninja Stars. Yeah. You, but for that stuff, it didn't really. It didn't just really, like wing it at you. Just wing at your neck, dude. Mm. But uh, for me, I don't know. That's kind of stuff. Like I said before, that stuff didn't really bother yeah. me. I was just there to like get them out the door, let them go about their existence, and I'll just stay in my existence, and that's fine. Yeah. Now, remember, Did you hear anybody you hated or anything? Uh, yeah, I mean, there was, there were a bunch of, like, like, grumpy old dudes who would come in, and, like, I didn't hate them, but they were just, like, annoying to deal with, but the one guy I did not like, and I always dreaded every time he walked in, um, was, he, I think, would consider himself, like, a connoisseur of good film, and, uh, and would always come in asking for recommendations, hated every recommendation I would make. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, you could recommend, like, Citizen Kane and say, like, this is, this is, like, the go-to if you want to learn about cinema. And he would say, I don't know, I feel it's very contrived. And he, we had our, you know, our pick wall, like, the little ink cap for the employee picks. And I remember the first time I met him, like, I had been working there for maybe a few weeks, and I had my, like, employee pick shelf. And he goes over, and he's, like, looking through them. 
And he's like, God, this is garbage. This is, oh, this is terrible. And he's like being very vocal about telling me how terrible the movies were. And he turns around and he's like, man, I hope you're not Lewis. And he just like keeps walking. I'm like, what a jerk. (laughs) I am Lewis. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, but every time he would always come in, he would always rent like whatever, like the Oscar nominees were, um, anything like that. And he would always talk about how great those movies were. Anything else that wasn't Oscar nominated was garbage. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so that, was the that, worst. That, that sounds, sounds. I do lame. remember a similar customer who was always very picky about what you recommended, or yeah, I wonder if it's the same guy. I don't know. I just told him like I don't watch movies. I try not to get involved in other people's <laughs> What about these two? Oh, those are great. They're the same movie. Yeah. But Ninja yeah. Star is a funny story about him and Charles. He came in one day, and Charles like Charles did not like this guy because yeah, yeah. he just didn't like rude people. Um, but, uh, you know, Charles was going to ring him up and of course he like takes the card out of his wallet, like wings it at him. (laughs) Except this time, like it hits the counter and falls on the floor. So now Charles is going to like bend over and like pick up this dude's credit card (sighs) because he couldn't just hand it to him. And so Charles rings it up and then he like winks the credit card. (laughs) And... But I mean, not like he doesn't hit him. He just like throws, yeah, yeah, like yeah. wings it back on the counter, and like he looks like shocked and looks up at Charles and just laughs, <laughs> takes his card and like walks out the store. Like he thought it was hilarious. That's great. I don't think Charles wanted that reaction. We did but... have a lot of nicknames for customers. <laughs> we did. customers, which is you know that was something that every job I've ever worked like. When I worked at Subway, we had like tuna guy. This guy would come in and get tuna fish, <laughs> extra pickle every single day. Like every day, like, but we, um, for the most part, I thought that the videos for the customers were cool. It wasn't yeah, anybody yeah. that was like, I mean, not they would like weed themselves out, you know. Yeah. Eventually, you'd be like, they get mad about something, and we would just be like, oh, you're not cool, so we're yeah. not gonna do anything. You can't write here anymore. Can't anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, the regulars were great. Like they were always like really nice and. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. So I'd worked at a video store. I started working at Caramel Village in '95, and I left in 2008. I think, yeah. Um, and there was customers, dude. You probably don't remember, but there was customers that would come up there and their kid would, when I first started working there, was like seven. And then, like, they would be like, oh, my daughter's in college. And I'm like, what <laughs> the hell? Like, what have I done with my life? <laughs> like, I'm jockey in this register. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. that was weird. That's, like, surreal. Because they would come yeah. in there and rent like little kid movies from me. And then they would come back and they're like visiting from Carolina. Like, oh, I go to Carolina now. Hey, That's video crazy. store. Because, you know, you can recognize a lot. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. where Mr. we live. store man. Yeah, you're the video store guy. Like, Still I was at the beach day. one time yeah. and like somebody yeah. was like yelled out of a seafood restaurant. Hey, it's a video man. What's up, <laughs> video man? And I'm like, wow. I haven't worked at the video store in like 10 years. Yeah. Dude. Like, what are you talking about? It was hilarious. God, so yeah. many times to go into like Target or Kroger. Kroger like every time. Man, yeah. And it's funny because the guys who would always go back to the red room. Yeah. But always, if they were out like with their wife or significant other, it was always like they would just kind of like give you a side eye. Like, don't don't like, talk to me. Don't yeah. talk to me. Don't yeah. Talk. But the rest yeah. of the guys, like, they just want to call you out in the middle of the store. It's like, yeah. hey. Especially at the Lowe's food over here. I seem like, feel like people would always be like yelling yeah. my name out. Yeah. Yeah. I still see people. Like, to this day, I feel like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. And, and my wife is always like. Who who is that? Like, why are you saying hello to that person? <laughs> it's like a you know somebody like forty years older than me and yeah. I'm like oh yeah, he used to come to the man. video store. Yeah, he used to be a customer. He used to always rent Air Bud. He loved it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what kind of movies he used to rent. Yeah, 
No, it was it was cool. Same thing when uh when I worked at Cameron Village, um, professors from state. You know, oh yeah. Come in there and they're yeah. Like, oh, that is my history professor, and he's like written movies. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I feel like we talked for way too long, Lewis. If you listen to the podcast, they're under forty five minutes, and the one he's on <laughs> is like an hour and twenty minutes. So. <laughs> My Guess fault. you're not listening to this one, Lou. My fault. It's probably me. Talk too no, much. No, no. It was fun. It was good. It was a good podcast. I mean, hopefully somebody will listen. If not, you know, it's their loss, right? Like, you can't get these nuggets of wisdom anywhere. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> come here to Board Game Cinema. <laughs> so, no. And uh, check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I think Brooks is taking over the social media stuff for the channel now. Uh, I just told him just now. News to me. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, And we'll be back in uh, hopefully in a couple weeks. After this, we're going to try to sit down and figure out when we're going to record again um, and have another episode. But thanks for listening. Anything you guys want to say in closing? Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Always fun. Always. All right. Thanks, guys.